So this is today. Today is yesterday and tomorrow is also today. You traveled through time to the present. Yes. Yeah, I don't think you get how time travel works. It's like we're stuck. You know, like a like a needle on a scratch record. I wake up every day right here, right in Punxsutawney, and it's always February 2nd. It's one of those infinite time loop situations you might have heard about. It's a thing where the same day keeps happening. Time. in a damn time loop or something well it's groundhog day again and that must mean that i'm professor robert e.g black and this is the groundhog day project minute by minute we're somewhere in between minutes two and three because i wanted to talk to you about the script in two parts part one from danny rubin's original dated april 15th 1990 starts with a basic scene of phil waking up in the bed and breakfast already he knows what the djs are going to say He knows what Chubby Man is going to say. He knows what Mrs. Lancaster is going to say. And then he gets, let's see, where are we, where are we? We got to get a little bit of that voiceover as he's leaving the boarding house. I complain a lot about this voiceover in my blog. I even asked Ruben about it in the original minute one of this show, I think. Or maybe I asked him about it in person. I don't remember. Phil puts on his coat and gloves as he descends the steps of the house. He is in a good mood. His step is jaunty. He breathes in the fresh, cold air. There are a lot of people on the street for this hour. Traffic is congested, and pedestrians are going faster than cars. Everyone is pretty much going in the same direction. This is a small town. The businesses look old. It has a neighborhood feel. Phil. Voiceover. I can't tell you when it began, other than to say, on Groundhog Day. And I can't tell you why it happened to me. Other than to say, I deserved a break in my career, and this was certainly it. (sighs) Already I sigh. Two freaking sentences. And I'm like, we don't need this. We don't need the voiceover. And then we had this weird thing that structurally is very weird after having watched the movie and then going back and reading the original. Is it Rita is outside? Like, she shows up at the bed and breakfast to talk to him. And then, like, every morning, what is it she says when he leaves? I'll just read you this version. Rita approaches Phil. She is walking faster than Phil, but they are both walking in the same direction. Rita is attractive, about Phil's age. Rita. There you are, Phil. You better hurry up. Phil. Good morning, Rita. Rita. Larry doesn't know where you want the camera, and the video keeps fitzing out from the cold. She's the producer, and Danny Rubin knows this. He's writing it. He should know what a producer does. She should be telling him where the camera goes. Phil is the talent, not the director. Phil looks at the sky. Phil, what a day. Rita, you listening to me, Connors? I put my neck on the line for you. Phil, thanks. Rita, you're gonna blow it. Phil, you always say that. Rita, when? I've never said that. Now will you move it? Phil, isn't this a nice town? Rita, come on. Phil, Rita, do you know how many eligible women will be sleeping in this town tonight? Rita, this is a location shoot, not a stud farm. Now shake your butt. Rita hurries off. Phil, 63. I did some math with this and a different version of this number, in a, I think from a later draft, to try to figure out how many women are actually in Punxsutawney of the day. I'll get into that math some other time, maybe when he meets Nancy. Many minutes from now. Many weeks from now. 
Phil pauses, stretches, feels good, continues walking. Without looking down, Phil nonchalantly takes a sidestep around some unseen object and continues walking. Behind him, somebody steps in the spot he avoided and winds up ankle-deep in wet slush. A beat that does make it into the movie in a different form. Phil. voiceover, Continued. How do I know these things before they happen? You may call it cheating, but that's because you don't understand. I'm playing by an entirely different set of rules. Suffice it to say, it's a handy skill for a weatherman. The reason I just want the opening credits to cut in right there. Or the putting on the sunglasses and the music cue from CSI Miami. It's a handy skill for a weatherman. Phil begins to slip off his right glove. A man spots Phil and lumbers toward him. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, that's... Oh, no. This is important because this is more of what's different about this first version. A man spots Phil and lumbers toward him. Man. Hey, Connors. Phil doesn't look up. He finishes taking off his glove and continues walking. Man. Continued. Phil Connors, hey! The man comes right up to Phil and opens his mouth to speak. Before he gets a word out, Phil slugs him. The man goes down. Phil slips on the glove and keeps walking in a good mood. Phil. Voiceover. When you understand the situation in its entirety, you will not judge me so harshly. I am a rational person just like you living an extraordinary circumstance. If I remember right, I'm not going to find it right now because it's later, Phil doesn't even remember who this man is. I mean, this is Ned, obviously, but he's been hitting him every morning for so long that he's forgotten why. He just remembers that he wants to hit this guy. Which is a different problem as far as Phil's personality. But then when he finds out he's an insurance salesman, he's like, yep, nope, I'm out. And yeah, then we got Phil talking to Larry, blah, blah, blah. In the original, Phil tells Larry where to put the camera because he knows exactly what the groundhog's going to do because they hadn't actually been to Punxsutawney yet to see how the festival works and they didn't know that they'd pull him out of this fake stump out of these doors and make a whole show of it. And so in the script version, let's see, do we see it here? Or is it after he talks to Nancy? After he talks to Nancy. So he's already talking to Nancy about, asking her about Nancy, you know, Lincoln Walsh. And then he's going to use that later. Where is the thing about the groundhog? I don't want to just read you like pages and pages from the script because that would be boring. Unless I hired a bunch of actors to do all the parts. Rita argues with Phil about where they're doing with the camera because he has a specific shot in mind and won't tell her, which is silly because earlier she was asking him where the camera needs to go, basically. But let's see, Phil snaps into announce mode. Phil, once a year, the eyes of the nation turn here to this tiny hamlet in western... No, in Pennsylvania, sorry. To watch a master at work. Damn, it's hard to read the parts of dialogue that are close to the final version because I have the final version remembered so well. To watch a master at work. The master, Punxsutawney Phil, the world's most famous weatherman, the groundhog, who legend has it can predict the coming of an early spring. In just a moment, we will see the groundhog peek its head out of the hole here on Gobbler's Knob, look left, look right, step out of the hole, run around to this side, look at the crowd, burp, and run back into the ground. In response to this, Rita says, we're fired. Phil looks at his watch. Phil, okay, and here we go. Phil gestures with his hand, the groundhog sticks his head out of the hole, looks around, steps out of the hole, runs around directly over toward Larry's camera. As he stands there, his body casts a long shadow. Groundhog looks at the camera, lets out a squeak, and runs back into the ground. Rita and Larry have their mouths open. The crowd cheers. Phil continued. And now the official of these proceedings, Mr. Buster Green, will interpret the weather report. And so on. They apparently tried to film some version of this. 
because there is a behind the scenes shot, but not a deleted scene of Bill Murray, like crouched down with his microphone held out toward a groundhog on the ground. That might have even been a promotional shot with a fake groundhog. I'm not sure. It was a photo I found while working on the blog. And as far as I know, they never tried to film this version because once Cheryl Grimace was involved and they had the second revision of the script, they went to Punxsutawney. And so then we end up with things like the ice sculpting and we end up with the banquet because that's stuff that happens in Punxsutawney. I think even the bachelor auction is something that comes from what they found there. Originally, it ended with a wedding, Fred and Debbie. We'll talk about that more later. And the other notable thing from the original script that I'd like to get out ahead of time is, because I tend to fight, and I'll probably have to do a whole episode just about this, every time someone tries to count how many days Phil is in the loop, and they're like, he was there for thousands of years, he was there for 30 years, he was there for a week and a half. Well, no one says a week and a half. (laughs) Just on screen, we see at least... I'd have to double check my math. I wrote about this a a couple times in the blog myself, actually, because I was like, what's the minimum amount we see? And just based on the editing, the minimum amount of days we see is something like 36, I think it is. But it's got to be more than that. Phil doesn't seem too far gone that he'd get to suicide after a week of this loop. Or maybe an actual loop would drive people to that. I don't know. But in the original, there is a specific figure because... Phil keeps track of time by going to, there's this set of shelves in the bed and breakfast with books, and he basically reads a page from a book each day, and then I read the next page, and the next page, and then he goes through the other books until he goes through all of the books in the thing, and he has an idea of how old, how long he's been there. And so one day he decides he's going to celebrate his birthday. And let me see if I can find that line now. It's funny because uh, Mrs. Lancaster gives him a gift and she gives him one of the books from the bookshelf because she's seen that he's so excited at studying this book. I'm guessing it's the last book on the shelf, so that's the one she saw him looking at that day. But he calculates how many days he's been there, so how many years has it been. In this version, he's supposed to be in his 20s, so take out the math a little because he tells Joanne, who is just random person at the bed and breakfast. I might have to figure out who's Joanne in the movie. I named all the characters once upon a time in the blog. Actually, more than once upon a time in the blog. All the background characters have names. Some have names straight out of the script. Like three old ladies have names. For example, Joanne is someone at the bed and breakfast and she says, how old are you, Mr. Connors? And he says, 263. So taking into account that he's somewhere in his 20s, let's say he's 23, then he's been in the time loop for 240 years-ish. Because he could be a few years older, and by the time they cast Bill Murray, then he's several years older. I forget Bill Murray's exact age when this was made, but he's in his late 30s, I believe. Bill Murray was born September 21st, 1950, which means when they're filming in 92, he is 42. Interrupting really quick because my math was off there. If his birthday's in September and they filmed in the spring, he was only 41. Or 41 and a half if you're a child. Back to me. So not late 30s, early 40s. If that 263 figure was still in place, then that means he's been in there for 221 years-ish. Still, I think that's high. I like when people cite, um, is it Ramus? Where he said, like, originally he thought it'd be, like, thousands of years. And then, eventually, he 
It's like, no, I think it's more like 30 or 40, which makes logical sense. You know, a lifetime would make sense. 200 and something years is a lot because at that point, leaving the loop would probably be harder than entering it in the first place. Having to experience life in a completely different way all over again after all that time. And people use weird figures. Famously, one that gets quoted a lot, Wolfnards, calculated how long it takes to learn French, which I don't know how he calculated that because people learn French in very limited time sometimes. What's the thing from Oppenheimer where he learned Dutch in like six weeks so he could lecture? He's particularly smart, but we also have seen in the script, the original script and the final script and the film that Phil has a great memory. He recognizes the radio banter on the second day of the loop. Or, yeah, I guess it'd be the second day of the loop. The second day of Groundhog Day. I was like, no, when does the loop start? At the beginning or the next day? I don't know. But he has a good memory. He could learn other languages. He might actually have already known how to play the piano at some level. And we only hear him play two songs. It's one of my projects I think I've said in this show before. And something I could still try next year, year after, whenever I get to it. This show's going to be slow is uh, go take piano lessons, but specifically just to learn how to play those two songs. His version of uh, Rachmaninoff and Phil's piece of music that's written for the movie that's a single page of music. I have it. Because that's all he has to know. Someone on Twitter today I saw was talking about Groundhog Day, and they're like, why is the piano teacher so proud? And I'm like, well, she might know he's in a time loop. It would be a good deed on his part if he told her and convinced her that he was in a loop so he could keep getting lessons from her every day. And she could be proud of what he's doing there. So he's still learning. He knows when Rita's going to walk into the banquet, and he stops the music after that one song so that he can go dance with her. And then there's the bachelor's auction, and then they leave. So as far as we know, that's all he plays. He doesn't learn French. He quotes the lyrics to a Belgian song by Jacques Brielle? 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 I don't remember how the name is spelled or how you say it. But we'll deal with that when we get to that song. Really, the, the only gauge we have of an actual length of time, aside from guessing, and even then we'd have to guess at the part before this, is how long does it take to learn how to ice sculpt? The ice sculptor who worked on this movie... same as Randy Rupert. He is also called the Chainsaw Wizard. Let's see, how old is he now? Oh, there's no just wiki on this guy. Come on. If you see him now, he's definitely old. He's got a long white beard in some photos. At the time of this movie, I don't think he was that old. I think he's younger than Bill Murray. I'll try to find his age so that by the time we get to the actual ice sculpting part of the film, I can talk about it. Because then you got to think if he can sculpt this thing and he's the age he is, then Bill Murray could. Or Phil Connors could. That's really the only gauge we have. The piano's limited. The French is explicitly limited. Remembering the other people around, we know that Phil's got a good memory. So all he has to do is be in that town enough to interact with those people. And, you know, God day, that scene takes place at the diner, which is where Phil spends a lot of time. Knowing those people would be easy. We know he spends an evening hanging out with Ralph and Gus. We know he spends at least one night with Nancy. Trying to remember who else is in there. We know he interacts with Fred and Debbie. So stop your maths. Your maths are wrong. That's all for part one of this. Hey, this is how the script gets going. I'll talk more about the voiceover later, probably too, here and there. And next week, 
I'll tell you about the start of the third revision of the script, because it's kind of like the second. And maybe we'll talk about Stephanie DeCastro, because she's important. Till next time. Through time. What is wrong in the end which never comes? Or which comes again and again? Lap, lap, laughing. Like waves. Since the Big Bang set everything in motion, everything that happens in this universe has to be the way it is. Man, are you hungry? I haven't eaten since later this afternoon. Particles unfolding the way they're destined to. How do you sleep at night? You've never seen Groundhog Day? Mm. Yeah, you know, Groundhog Day is not a documentary.